Hi friends! Welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm Taylor and I'm so happy you're choosing to spend some time with me and the friends I get to introduce you to along the way. I hope these conversations make you feel like we're all just driving in the car or enjoying a cup of coffee or even sharing a meal together. We'll cover the spectrum of life's questions and discuss topics that I'm hoping will impact your heart, challenge your thinking, and bring glory to God. Let's start asking questions. Hello, and welcome back to the show. So it's June 1st, and that means there is no controversial content left behind, you guys. This season... It's crazy. Uh, We have so much content to get you thinking and like the show title says, ask questions. So I hope you're ready for another really interesting episode. Um, Today, June 1st begins Pride Month. So I have my friend Jen on to discuss an Instagram account she created to be able to speak out on these types of issues, the sin of pride, LGBT related living, and how the Christian ought to approach this conversation. And I, the reason I'm asking Jen to come on and why I love her account is because I think she does so with humility. Um, After all, we know Paul says in 1 Corinthians that love is not proud. Um, Jen also is going to share her story about her current job. She works for a nonprofit called Them Before Us that focuses on third-party reproduction and uh, the rights that come with all of that involved from the position of the child, from the viewpoint of the child. So um, we talk about that for about half the episode, but I promise you these weave together as you're listening. So with that, let's jump right in. All right, guys. So today we have, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call her a rebel cute servative. (laughs) Um, so my, my, a former, former semi, you're still in some subgroups, but, um, this has been a season where I'm bringing alongside, um, my, um, friends who I've met. Obviously it's always a show where I bring my friends into the conversation, but, um, just my friends in particular who I think have um, incredible stories and incredible platforms that I think I, and I know I've been benefited. So I think that everyone listening is going to be so benefited by, by this conversation. Um, This is again, another heavy hitter. We're going to talk about two pretty intense topics today. Um, Probably. I mean, I feel like there's probably going to be a little squirming because (laughs) Uh, yeah, these are things that you may not have considered. And I know for me, um, before I heard about, um, Jen and the organization that she works with and, and her boss, uh, gosh, Katie, Katie. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard about her necessarily, but I listened to those podcasts that Ali Bestucky did Mm -hmm. on IVF and I actually started re-listening to them last night. It blew my mind. Mm -hmm. It blew my mind about some of the contractual obligations, the very little legislation that there mm-hmm. is. Um, so this conversation is going to deal with, um, gosh, surrogacy, embryo, frozen embryos, IVF, all sorts of, um, what is the language? The procreation for fertility, fertility, fertility yes. Yeah. Fertility, third party reproduction. Okay. And fertility technology mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. So it is definitely um, 
could be a somewhat uncomfortable conversation depending on where you land. Or my hope is that um, you're, you would be open to hearing this, that you would perhaps like say a prayer, have a soft heart towards this. Cause I know for me up until literally a couple of months ago, I had not even considered these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am very much still in the process of kind of figuring out and having a more of a strong and bold stance on some of these things, just because it's, it's like that 11th commandment that Vodi Bakum says, thou shalt be nice. Like, yeah. I don't feel like it's always super nice to mm-hmm. people, but it's more about what is true. Mm-hmm. And that's, we want to lean into to truth and, and it, it is a kindness in that way. So anyway, um, I, like I said, have my friend Jen here. Jen, say hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, go ahead and just tell, um, tell our friends a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name's Jen. I'm on the older side of the millennial generation. Woo woo. <laughs> That's yep. Yeah. Uh, so I work for this nonprofit, Them Before Us, mm-hmm. as the operations manager. I grew up in the church. I was homeschooled. I um, I agree. Like Taylor, same thing. When I remember making a comment offhand in college, oh, I just might freeze my eggs or something, and had a friend kind of judgmentally what are you talking about? That's, you know, wrong. And, but never explain, she didn't articulate any reasoning why. Sure. And it was more of that personality anyway, but it had never occurred to me that that sort of thing might be wrong. And so we have a book then before us that Katie Faust and Stacey Manning wrote. And even as I'm reading the book, as someone who's been involved um, as a volunteer at first and now uh, staff with them before us, even my mind is getting blown just when it talks about how important, how important dads are. I'm like, wait, yeah. wait, dads, having a dad in your life changes that. Having a dad in your life impacts that. It, it's blowing my mind as someone who's like been for, somewhat familiar with the material. Yeah. So it is kind yeah. of crazy. Like when Katie was on Allie B. Stuckey's show, um, Katie made the comment, how can people say honor your father and mother if they think any of this stuff is okay? Hmm. Because if you're legislating and you're okay with and you're incentivizing a fatherless child, you know, a woman who uses a sperm donor Mm -hmm. and she's like, I'm going to intentionally be a single mom. Okay. You just denied that child, the father, how can they honor the commandments? Hmm. And you've intentionally taken Yeah. So Katie says that to Allie and Allie's like, I've literally never heard that. Yeah. So it's just things like that, where we are not, we're not a Christian, not a religious organization at all. We're just going off of the data and we want to use the stories of children um, to, to talk about these points, but Katie is a Christian. I'm a Christian and we know Christian principles agree with all of this, but a lot of Christians haven't. It is like we were talking about earlier. We can do it with our technology. Yep. So why shouldn't we do it? And it's like, well, Christians have to ask more questions than that. Right. We need more. That's about everything, not just about this. That is the season I feel that the church is in Mm -hmm. is we our definition, definitions, yeah. definitions yeah, yeah. are conflated. They are whatever you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Even in, we're not even just talking about Christian versus non-Christian, mm-hmm. church versus the culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is within the body where people literally have definitions that, or their own definitions of things. Yeah. Like we have strayed so far from what scripture mm-hmm. says. It's insane. Yeah. Um, which 
I mean, to that is exactly kind of the second topic we're going to talk about to give kind of a preview. I'm not sure how we're going to these uh, to me, these things kind of weave together in a weird way with your story, I think, um, because they're talking about definitions and just because we can, should Mm -hmm. we, all of these types of questions. Um, so Jen works for them before us. And then she also has, um, this great Instagram account. So, um, this is going to be releasing on June 1st Mm -hmm. and which is, uh, culturally considered pride month. Mm -hmm. And, um, part of Jen's story, which I will let her, her talk about has led her to creating this account. So you now work for them before Mm -hmm. us, but let's back up to right around probably the start of the pandemic. Maybe that was mid 2020. Okay. So yeah, go ahead and just share with us your story. My origin story. Yes. Your origin. Okay. So, uh, like I said, homeschooled, grew up in the church and then I became affiliated with the organization young life because Mm -hmm. I had uh, basically a leader, someone who was on staff with young life became my young life leader. So even as a Christian kid, um, it's huge when you have someone step into your life who wants to be an adult who cares about you yes, and who mentors you. And I, I mean, I think most Christians have been a leader in a youth group. Oh, yeah. Like you just, yeah. that's just the natural process. You grow up in a church and then you become a part of the youth staff and you are a small group leader for teenagers or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So my introduction to young life was when I was 18 or 19 years old and this leader just spoke into my life, loved me, care about me and, and integrated me into the team as a volunteer and I worked primarily with kids with special needs so then graduated college um started on staff with Mm -hmm. Young Life led and was on staff worked you know kind of worked my way up a little bit for 10 years and I definitely was a person um on staff who was more politically minded very conservative passionate about that and I kind of used my social media things to talk about those topics now I'd been advised in different capacities to be careful how I talk about politics on my social media, which I agree is important. And I think we need, there does need to be a lot of wisdom with like, how do we say things? When do I say things? What tone do I use? How do I react to people who, um, who reply to me? And if you're doing ministry or you're living or working in a kind of pluralistic situation, Mm -hmm. You, I mean, it's the same way for me getting irritated with someone who's very kind of ideologically left. Mm-hmm. If they're saying stuff online that annoys me, yeah. I'm not going to want to donate to them. I'm not going to want to <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So there's some wisdom there. If you need to interact with all kinds of people, how are you saying what? Who are you letting see what? I totally agree with that. Yeah. Like I wanted to put a bumper sticker making fun of President Obama on my car. And my mentor was kind of like, oh, I don't think that's the best idea. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, you're, you're probably right because like promote what you're for, not necessarily. Yeah. And it's just, again, just in terms of being, you know, we're called to be respectful of, of our leadership and submit to and pray for. So you can disagree with policies and things like that, but do I put a funny bumper sticker on my car? Probably not. So there's lots of ways I've been, I've been encouraged and have grown in my social media usage and engagement, things like that. I totally agree with. But which is why it's actually so funny to me, sort of the reason the catalyst for leaving Young Life was a few fold. Um, which really quick. Yeah. Can you explain what Young Life is? Oh, yes. Sorry. Typically- no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are listening know what Young Life is, but yeah. should be, because or they know of Young Life, which is how m- was my case. Sure. I did not necessarily know as much 
Because when you say I was more politically conservative, mm-hmm. to me, thinking Young Life is a Christian organization, that should be a given. But you're, <laughs> right. you, but no, right, it's, and it's so, not, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's why I'm right. like, oh, yes. so explain what Young Life is. Yes, so Young Life is an international youth organization. It's a nonprofit. It's in, I think, over 100 countries or almost 100 countries, you know, yeah. as of a few years ago. And I'll especially say, I think the work they're doing internationally is phenomenal. I mean, the yeah. people I had met who are doing Young Life in Africa are like, they'll show you a tree, a discipleship tree where mm-hmm. every person disciples three people who disciples three people and leaders, you know, a 19 or 20 year old is filling out entire trees of 20 people wow. that they are discipling to become a Christian and, and disciple others. Where it's like, that's the level of growth and discipleship we're seeing from within young life in other countries. Okay. And then wow. bring it back to Seattle area. It's yeah. like, that's not as much my experience and what we were seeing. Okay. Um, so again, so this is just Jen, this is this your my perspective. Yeah. This is my this is what, experience. Yeah. Um, and I think it is difficult these days to represent a Christian organization in a deep blue state, a very quote progressive, uh, city. So, but I, it's the more, the longer I was involved at this local level, the more I saw that culture was continually being preached to us as Christians in this organization, we need to understand culture and we need to fit in with culture and we need to know the words and the definitions or whatever. And really rarely is it there, was it, we are influencing and speaking into. Okay. So that's what you found was happening within the organization to culture in this area. Yeah. Just look, you know, and my experience is primarily locally. It was influenced more by culture than, than as its intention is to influence culture. Right. We're supposed to spread the gospel, tell kids the gospel and help them grow in their faith was our, is our mission, you know, Young Life's mission statement. So, I mean, I sat, this was before 2020, 2018 or 2019. I sat in three or four trainings locally mm-hmm. where the guy was espousing the exact same things a Coca-Cola diversity training would have gotten. Wow. I mean, antithetical to the gospel. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, things like, well, who says God has a penis when it comes to gender? That was his take on why men and women don't, you know, it doesn't actually, those distinctions <laughs> don't matter. And here's intersex and there's. And I'm looking around oh. the room, my blood is boiling. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm not kidding you that wow. not a single person in the room said a single thing in wow. response. But that's the level, even as someone who as was as solid, I think, as I was theologically and as bold as I was in the context I was, you know, to I would definitely say what I thought to a group of people in a in a smaller setting. But the feeling in that room of like, there's no way I can stand up and disagree with this person up front yeah. with my boss and our boss's boss in the room, that feeling of knowing that young life was endorsing that at some level. Yeah. Again, this was a local thing started to feel like, I don't know how much more I can do this. Right. You know? So, yeah. so I had already had, I was feeling dissatisfied in my job in other ways of just like, am I supposed to be doing, you know, this particular kind of job? Yeah. So there was lots of things where I think God was moving me toward it's time to do something different. But these were sort of the interworkings, I guess, that were motivating me towards like, I don't know if this is a good fit anymore. I don't like the direction this is going locally. Yeah. So it all came to a head when another adult, another mentor who I trust, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And this was like a Thursday or something. And she was like, you should just quit. 
and and this is this is 2020 so this is mid 2020 like we're all just doing virtual so like, stuff and i'm okay, like i'm so dying post inside. george floyd yes and, yeah. okay Black riots yep, yep yep yes. everything okay yeah and i mean pretty much every there's so many young life staff who went to the women's march it's like this does not represent wow. me and or christianity so then or probably also all oh, the black, black square yeah everybody's got the black square um so you just see it everywhere and it's just like what is happening to our culture but so so it's you know june or july it was june 2020 i post and and also back to what i was saying is i liked being a person that was somewhat antagonizing in terms of i want to start a conversation or i'm going to post about this because nobody else is and so i would do news articles or talk about a president doing badly or whatever yeah so that's what's funny about this sort of catalyst to me resigning from Young Life was actually not me trying to do anything. I wasn't trying to start anything at all. I yeah. just was posting. I was reading Thomas Sowell's. It was a reader. So it's a bunch of his essay. Thomas Sowell is an economist, an author. I think he's written like 50 books. I mean, he's, he's a Black American. He's like a fellow at Stanford or the Hoover Institute or something along those lines. He's like one of the most renowned prolific authors Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. And I was reading his reader. I saw an article in the reader called slavery something. I I forget the title. And the, the entire point of the article was that the fact that cultures had slavery was not the crazy thing in human history. Mm -hmm. The fact that American culture and starting in Europe kind of right. Western culture Mm -hmm. started outlawing slavery is the mind blowing thing about the human experience. Mm. So that's, that was his point. That was basically, I posted a screenshot of basically the entire article might've been on one page or was like half of it or something. Okay. And I said, context matters. Okay. So I'm just, my thought process to this was, this is interesting. That was it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause and, that is incredibly like, of course, like the natural thought is, well, of course we want to outlaw slavery, but he's going, that's, that's the crazy yeah, that's thing. New. That's new. That is new to, yeah. thinking in hum- all of human history yeah. has had some kind of, some people are of a lower class that work for you. Yes. May, like in yeah, the first century or Jewish context, people could like buy their way out or it was more like I work here, I pay off a debt, then I'm free. So it was right. different than the American understanding of slavery, which is like very brutal. You're kidnapping people. Right, you know, right, you're right. they're treated as animals property you know there's all these different ways that it's um it's happened over history but he's saying the interesting thing about human history is not that we had slavery everyone had it yeah everywhere for always yes the interesting thing is why is it illegal everywhere now yeah you know to join the un countries had to say make a, a law that it was illegal wow because of the u.s because of the west they said well you're not joining this whatever unless you know so what libya or whatever you know, and there's human, humans are still trafficked, but oh, it's not, yeah. it's not with government approval. Right. That's the difference. Okay. So I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. And then so this, post this so I post this, yeah. this is my Instagram story. This is a private account. Yeah. That will to, go away in 24 hours. Yes. It'll go away in 24 hours. Maybe less than 300 people can see my account at all. Okay. And the only people who are friends with you on Instagram are the people who want to be uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. You can't force someone to be friends with you. <laughs> And you can't force them to look at your story. And then I also posted Samuel says. Facts. Yeah. Other facts. <laughs> I'm laughing. You can't force them to look at your story. Facts. Okay. Yeah. Samuel Say is a, oh, uh, we're a Ghanaian. 
Ghanaian Canadian. Now he's American. Now he's American. Ghanaian American Mm -hmm. blogger. Mm -hmm. Ghana is a country in Africa. He is an African Canadian American. Mm -hmm. He wrote an article in response to the book White Fragility saying he didn't like it. Yeah. And I posted some screenshots of it. I also read the book and I don't like it. It's one of the worst books ever. I read part of, I read like the first page, I think of, or maybe it was how how to be anti-racist. And I was like, I can't with this first page. (laughs) Yeah. I just can't. Anyway, go on. Okay. So, so, so this is the same day. Okay. It's uh, like seven slides total. I forget about it. Of course. It goes away in 24 hours. (laughs) Okay. So then fast forward two weeks, Thursday, my friend says, you should quit. I'm like, I can't quit unless I have something to go to. I need a sign from God. Yeah. God called me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, please just pray about it. Okay. Well, Monday I had my answer because I got a phone call from my boss and my, my supervisor and my boss locally saying, Hey, because of some stuff you posted on Instagram, you are getting an official warning from human resource, you know, HR kind of thing. And I was actually so confused because I couldn't remember what they were talking about. This is two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, I, what posts is it? And I don't even to this day, don't even know exactly what they had. Right. Um, screenshots of or whatever. Um, I went back and found them all and then added them into my response when I sent my letter of resignation. But so I found them all. So I found exactly what they're talking about. Anyway, so I got warned. I just, I hung up the phone of that conversation and was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Not done on their end. I could have signed the warning and been a good girl and don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Fine. Fine ish. But I was like, that to me was this clarity of like, I'm in a space where I'm ready to talk they're, yeah they're they're not allowing me if i mean if this morning is because of your right to post on your private mm-hmm. thing and they're telling you you're getting a warning for work which has is right. completely separate right well and wow. it's just there were so many things that were not handled properly and just in the sense of like if someone was offended by what i had to say wouldn't and we have this in a policy in your life that your job is to go to the person directly well, that would be biblical yes but i and mean so, in the workplace and, and let's say <laughs> this person is a racist and i cannot talk to them one-on-one okay then it seems like it would be the job of the supervisor yeah to mediate a conversation yes. or to initiate a conversation on behalf of that yes. hey, this person feels offended. you know isn't the goal reconciliation with things it's or is you it know it and so i don't know who initiated that process yeah. what what people were offended even to the state or whatever and i didn't really care i didn't care in the sense of they obviously had an issue but they weren't willing to deal with it in like an appropriate biblical and that way. can kind of tell like okay well obviously this person doesn't care to they just would like to get me in trouble yeah. or feel the way that they feel sure. and don't actually care to reconcile with right. me or to have the conversation of well i saw you posted this why did you post that because that's kind of offensive to me sure, right. which would be the mature adult thing to do but you live in a society where we just like to wrap people out when yeah. we disagree with them or cancel them yes yeah, right the modern term yeah and i don't yeah. think the goal was that i would quit fired yeah or quit yeah um so i think that did come as a surprise but again it was a catalyst to what I think God was already directing. Yeah. It was just a very clear moment of like my time, yeah. our time, are we are parting ways at this point? Very clear. Yeah. And so I was yeah. very thankful for things that happened after the fact. So I took that next week. I wrote a long, you know, seven page response, basically wow. laying out, I went through every policy I could find policy rule, faith and faith and conduct, et cetera. And basically said, what did I 
where did I, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And I acknowledged again, wow. You can have a conversation of, should you post something? Is this insensitive for the time period we're going through? Mm -hmm. Or should you have added more context to that then? Do you say, I say context matters in the thing. Yeah. Should you have added some more thoughts and context around what you post so it can't be taken the wrong way? But that's a hundred percent agree. Those wisdom conversations are how people grow and yeah, you learn and okay. Yeah, you're right. I should yeah. have added some more context yeah. to that. And I'm going to be careful to do that in the future. Yeah. But that wasn't the conversation. It was immediately, well, you're in trouble and don't do it again. You know, and if you do it again, you might not have your job. I mean, that was kind of the yeah. thing. So anyway, I wrote this response and then feel I feel very positive towards some members of really senior leadership that I have gotten to know or chat with a little bit in the last few years. Yeah. Just because on their end, they, it wasn't, it wasn't, they think it wasn't handled the right way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, someone I chatted with just expressed, you know, if we want to continue young life, do you want to continue in a different context? You know, we don't want to lose you. And so I appreciated that it felt like it was more isolated to things happening locally that I didn't agree with versus the organization as a whole. I retain love for the organization Young Life as a whole. And I think they're doing a lot of good work. And I think there's a lot of people within the organization who are still really faithful and yeah. you just have their heads down and are really faithfully discipling. And even some friends locally, yeah. I look at the work they're doing. And I'm like, wow, they just ignore the noise of any of the cultural nonsense or mm. any of that diversity training nonsense. Yeah. They're ignoring that kind of garbage and they're just discipling kids. Just through. Yeah. yeah and I have here. a friend who's like very diverse area doing all this ministry, everything's just blowing up. And she's one of those people that just does not care about this. They try to tell you, well, actually you can't do this, this, and this and, and tell you lament and hmm. d- divest from your white privilege. Like she just ignores oh, that stuff. Got it. She ignores it and just does the work and is faithful. So there's so many people like that within, even within the blue States. Yeah. Doing the work they need to do. Yeah. So I respect those people. And it's just like, there's just lots of people within Christian contexts that are not biblical and not faithful. And they want the name of Christ without like the crown of Christ, without the cross of Christ sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, for sure. So yeah, Jesus can be my savior, but not my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay. So that led you to start this Instagram page. And so you could, speak a little bit more freely and it's in response to another Instagram account um, that is kind of out there. Do you want to share a little bit about what, um, so the account is called do better theology Mm -hmm. and that is in response to do better young life. Mm -hmm. Do you want to explain um, why that was meaningful to you? Cause coming out of young life, Mm -hmm. what, and, and explain what do better young life is Mm -hmm. And why you felt called to kind yeah. of speak out against that. Yeah. And so it was actually around the same time period. It was early 2020 or mid 2020 when the Instagram account do better young life started their primary issue with young life is the faith and conduct and their sexual ethic, the Christian mm-hmm. sexual ethic, I should say, not even, it's not young life. sexual yeah. ethic. They didn't make it up. It's the Bible. It's, you know, Orthodox Christians for 2000 years have ascribed to the sexual ethic. Young life adopts it. So do better young life was started by some folks who I think had been volunteers. Maybe some staff are also helping former staff are helping with that. 
the other big issue is Young Life won't allow leaders, volunteer leaders and staff within the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. And so they started Young Life and it got like, I think it has over 10,000 followers. I don't know how many are real or not, but you know, it has a a ton of followers and it just started sharing stories of middle school kid, you know, former, I was involved in middle school. I was involved in high school. I was the leader and I got Mm -hmm. fired because I wanted to sleep with my boyfriend. I mean, like whatever. Yeah. It's, you know, it's their puritanical, you know, the purity culture. And then they started adding in their racist. They added in their classist. They added in their sexist. It kind of got, it got pretty broad. Mm. They're against everything. I mean, Young Life does everything bad. And this group is against Young Life because, you know, it wants to speak for and advocate for people they say are like being harmed and killing themselves and, and all this Which stuff. I'm sure they have lots of proof of, but well, it's yeah. because they okay, have stories. FYI, yeah. it's, it's not, there's no proof. Yeah, probably. They have stories. <laughs> likely, yeah. Which, yeah, they have their truth. Yeah. So they had been writing, I was still on staff, but none of us okay. could say anything. you can't reply so they have people swarming young life's official account you know on instagram are commenting you guys are homophobes and just endless yeah and we can't none of this no staff could say or do anything it wasn't even we were told not to we just knew you weren't supposed to yeah you know it's not gonna be helpful so of course i wasn't and then um what's interesting too is so this intersects with my personal story in the sense that I, I experienced same-sex attraction. I experienced gender identity issues, I should say. Just seeing like, oh, maybe God made me wrong. I think I'm a girl on accident. I just remember having that thought from a very young age. So I, so I have some of this personal experience where I've struggled with these things mm-hmm. and not felt, I think part of it's just my own issue that I didn't feel comfortable sharing it growing mm-hmm. up. But I mean, this is like the 90s and the early 2000s. It wasn't as much... There wasn't rainbow flags in your face everywhere. Yeah. Whereas now yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of see a lot more teaching on the Orthodox side and a lot more speaking about it on the progressive side. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot more everywhere. But I had these personal experiences that I had said, hey, look, do better young life is opposing young life because of this topic. And here's my positive experience with the church mm-hmm. and with how Christians have come around me my whole life. Um, when I started sharing, you know, after I was probably in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I started sharing some different things and getting support. So my experience with young life was not that they hate you and they're not going to allow you to lead. If you Mm. experience these different things or struggle with these things, because my commitment was, I want to live according to your faith and conduct and according to the biblical sexual ethic. Yeah. And repent if I was not doing, you know, right. Be repentant if I was messing up. Their goal was to restore, like to put into restoration and repentance with, to God. So so I could say, <laughs> yeah. personally, you guys are wrong. And I'm an example of why that's not true yeah. about young life. So I wanted to be, to speak out. And I offered that to our local leadership, Yeah, which is actually what I thought that phone call was going to be about when they called me on the phone. I was oh. like, oh, cool. They're replying to my offer. No, it wasn't. So it was funny. kind of the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, actually, you're the worst. Um, so, oh, so it's just kind of funny. So man. there wasn't a place for me within young life to share and to be open about that. It just was kind of like, they weren't interested, which is interesting. It felt like, yeah, yeah. Which is, is interesting considering that is something they were coming under fire for. Yeah. You'd think they would want a positive representation to say, no, mm-hmm. this is an example. Like you can say from my personal experience, that's right. not how it always is, but that's unfortunate. So 
once I resigned from the organization, I felt free in my just personal uh, account to start replying to the things on Do Better Young Life. So I started asking questions. I started saying, you know, does a Christian organization have the right to have people who agree with it work for it? That seems like kind of a no brainer. And there was lots of conversation back and forth. The, The people who ran that account were not thrilled I was writing on it. And I think, and then I, we were going back and forth in messages a little bit. And then they were like, we've decided, you know, our board or whatever decided we're going to ban you for these reasons. And I'm like, okay. And then I started my own. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, I'll just make my own. I mean, it was kind of the theme is like, people keep telling me to be quiet. And I was like, mm, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's the answer here. So I started do better underscore theology on Instagram. Mm-hmm just to start replying to what they were doing. Yeah. And then I blogged some of my personal experiences, some of the things I've been learning and growing in. Cause I've just read a lot of books about it or yeah. a lot of teaching about sexuality and biblical sexuality. And I mean, it's just been rampant over the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's just exponentially become such an issue. Yeah. Right. Where, and the church, again, it's cultures preaching to the church yeah. versus the church has always had some, Jesus has always had something to say about this. And Regardless it's for our of, good. Yeah, yeah, it's for our good. That's the thing is we don't, the idea that we need to be embarrassed or apologetic about it yeah. is annoying to me. And I've always felt that vibe, like within Young Life, like people are scared we're going to get in trouble and we can't talk to, we can't disciple kids like this because that's blah, blah, blah. All these yeah. reasons. I'm not saying you yeah. say it as your introductory conversation yeah. to them. But in a discipleship context, if you're reading through the entire book of First Corinthians, like, did you skip over the sexual immorality part? Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. Why yeah. are we embarrassed and worried about saying something God said? This is good, a good thing. I'm talking about marriage, marriage yeah. being male or female. Mm-hmm. These are good, important things that Christians should be completely solid on. Yeah. You shouldn't be like, oh, I feel bad about it. But yeah, I guess marriage is between a man and a woman. It's like, No. I mean, that's not how we talk about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it is. It is super scary because again, it goes against the 11th fake commandment right. of thou shalt be nice mm-hmm. and you hurt feelings, mm-hmm. but like the gospel is not like, it is kind of supposed to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. in yeah. a way. Like you all fall short. Everyone is a sinner. We are born into it. And that is why we are all in need of a savior. Right. So it's, it's so interesting what do you say to people who say like, well, Jesus didn't talk about this issue? Yeah. Like, how do you? Yeah. So what's the name? Dr. Michael Brown has, is on YouTube and has, you know, answered some of these. So, so much of what I say is me regurgitating really great thinkers, yeah. you know, who've already, <laughs> Listen, who've already broke it down. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like it's, it's great. My, Share my, <laughs> yeah, my really short answer to this is Jesus is God. Yeah. So God talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and also this idea that when Jesus said sexual immorality, whenever he said that, yeah. what was he talking about? He was referring to the old Testament law. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a Jew who lived perfectly according to the old Testament law. He never sinned. Right. He quoted the old Testament. I'm sure people have those statistics. You know, he quoted the old Testament more than he, any, yeah. you know, he quoted it more than Paul did, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. Or actually, Paul probably quoted it quite a bit because Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Two-thirds of the New Testament. Anyway, to the Christ, like early Christians, right, to Jesus, the Old Testament was absolutely authoritative. It was not, eh, you know, choose what you want and do this and that. Yeah. So 
when Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it talks about he made the male and female in his image. Mm -hmm. Then you have Jesus in Matthew 19 says, for this reason, or like as it was in the beginning, mm -hmm. God created the male and female. Mm -hmm. For this reason, you know, a man will be united to his wife or he'll yes. leave his father and yes. mother. So father yeah. and mother, mm -hmm. man and wife. Yeah. He's talking about there's two genders. Yes. Jesus male and does female. make the distinction, yes. even though people say there's he never one. did. Right. He did. Yeah. So I like that Jesus, <laughs> did Jesus need to say thou shalt not have homosexual sex or we can do it. I mean, that's what doesn't make yeah. it. Thou shalt not smoke crack cocaine. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jesus never said anything about crack cocaine. Right. So we, we need to derive some principles from scripture and, and the idea that like Jesus didn't say the word homosexual mm -hmm. does not fly. Right. Jesus is God. So he said the whole thing. Genesis, the revelation yeah. is God's word. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's Trinitarian and, and, and he was talking about what he was for. Yeah. I mean, he was raising the bar on marriage mm. so much that his disciples, right, are like, what? This is too hard. Like, who's going to do this? He, you're he's right. Like, yeah, he's not did. for everybody. He, if you look at a woman, mm -hmm. you have committed adultery with her in right. your heart. Like, you're right. He, I, like, didn't just say, yeah, just don't sleep with people. But yeah. can, it was like, right. no, it's a heart issue. And we know well enough. See, again, it would be someone who is, um, it's so foolish to read Jesus' words there and say, well, that didn't apply to women. So women can look at someone with lust. <laughs> that right? is, oh my so we gosh. Just know, you just, we know if we're reading it with good, um, with like brains, well, yeah, intent, like, or like good intent. Like I'm going to try and understand what Jesus is saying yes. versus I'm going to try and not understand. Or I'm, know going, to, I'm going to find places where I can justify what my flesh is desiring. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to ignore the things because, oh, I like this scripture that implies this or even the whole idea of um, the translation of how uh -huh. people say what well, meant pedophilia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't homosexuality. It's yeah. like literally it's addressed so many times in scripture right. that you're choosing to pick a singular word in scripture and die on that hill right. so that you can fulfill the desires of your flesh. Yeah. Like I don't, I just, <laughs> yeah well and my response the to that mental too, gymnastics yeah the mental gymnastics of it all right my response to that is always well the concept of homosexuality as an inborn identity of who you are showed up like 200 years ago mm -hmm. 1800 something right i mean this is it's like german uh psychologists some freud i was looking this up last night okay it was like late 1800s is when some of these ideas that it's what you it's who you are. Mm -hmm. That's when it showed up. Yeah. And that's when people will point out, well, that's when the word homosexuality shows up in the translations. It's like, yeah, yeah. because it was a concept that just showed up. Yeah. The idea of people of the same gender engaging in all sorts of different things is not a new concept. That's right. happened for all of human history. Yes, Again, in scripture, like right. historical, all of human we history, Greco-Roman, mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, yes, this yes. is not a new concept. And, it's just a and far more bizarre and, um, and, prolific and not about consent, not about, right. you know, all the things that are really held as like, this is the most, the highest ethic, sexual ethic in the culture is consent right now. Yeah. So mm. Paul is writing, don't be sexually immoral to a culture that it's like, you could kidnap someone, kids off the street yeah, and do what you wanted with them. If you, you know, if you were the right class yeah. and they were the right class, you could do what you wanted. That's the culture he's writing about sexual yeah. 
morality into. So the idea that like, they couldn't have conceived that people had same sex relations or monogamous. It's like, no, there's some of that too. Yeah. So he was writing all these truths into a world that was worse than ours when it came to the sexual proclivities and things they were doing. Yeah. So it just does not fly to say, and you can say Paul didn't, had no idea. Did Jesus have no idea that people, he can, is he God? Can he see what's going to happen in 2022? Yeah. So it's some of those things. And like the term homosexual, it's the same. It's, I reject this idea that you are, I am bisexual. I am gay. I am a lesbian. You can, I will say the most I will say is you identify as that. So a person who identifies as, yeah, because I do not believe there is any real data to show that like in a test tube, I can see that this person's a lesbian and this person's not right. There is not. Right. So definitely I respect how someone wants to identify Hmm. to a, to a point. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And, um, but I just don't think this is like a thing you are like, it's Mm -hmm. a thing we do. It's a thing we feel or struggle with or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I can respect that. And as much as that person, it's valuable to them. Yeah. It's not valuable to me. So I don't look at a person through that lens. And I don't think God does either because I don't think God created people you're gay. Hey, this one's gay. This one's bisexual. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't, we, I don't think we see that in the like actual like scientific data. How would you say that then to someone who's like saying like who identifies that way? Someone who's listening, who is, who identifies as both a Christian and as someone in the LGBT community, mm. like <clears throat> what, I mean, there's some quite, it's extreme. I mean, Jackie Hill Perry talks about how she learned about scripture and it was like, oh yeah, I guess I can't have a girlfriend anymore. Mm-hmm. So for her, I feel like that's such God's kindness, mm-hmm. but that is not everyone's story or sure. when they want to identify, when they identify more with their LGBT side mm-hmm. than their identity in Christ. Yeah. That's where we. Yeah. I think the biggest thing whether you're talking to someone who would say they have no faith background mm. and they identify within the LGBT community or they're saying, you know, I am a Christian and I'm LGBT. Yeah. I think the biggest questions I would have is tell me, tell me about what you think it means to be a Christian. Tell me what you think the Bible, like, is yeah. the Bible true? Is it authoritative to your life? Yeah. Like is, is God the God of the universe? Is he one of many gods? Is yeah. Jesus a good teacher? Is he the son of God? I think, and if it was a non-Christian, my first conversations would not be about sexuality. It would be about, what do you think about this idea that there's a God of the universe Mm. who created you, whose son, yeah. Yeah. Because the primary question is not, I think this is an essential, I think sexuality and being male and female is essential in the sense of it's essential what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be right about that to be able to kind of understand who God is, I think. Mm -hmm. But is it essential to salvate, you know? I don't think so. Cause I think you could be saved and then God could do the work and sanctify us in that yes, way. Right. Yes. But I just, I would be very surprised if I met someone who identified as LGBT, who is completely Orthodox. Mm. Yeah. Cause you have the, the Jen Hatmakers yeah. and the Glennon Doyles, yeah. the, especially Jen Hatmakers. She's quite like, she's very popular. Mm-hmm. She doesn't lead with love is love. Mm-hmm. She doesn't lead with that, but her and her husband made a huge splash mm-hmm. in like 2014, 2015 mm-hmm. when they 
wrote this blog and just were LGBT affirming. Right. And I suspect it's because at that point they, uh, this is my suspicion. I have literally no proof of that, yeah, but right. they have a teenage daughter, a young 20 something yep. year old daughter. I think that they knew yeah, early on and think, yeah. as parents lovingly wanted to continue to create a place for their daughter in their home where she could still feel loved and accepted without telling her the truth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. correcting her and being loving parents right. in that way. They they submitted to this idea that you can be both yeah. and share that identity right. and you cannot right. share that identity. And so, and then unfortunately that then led to her divorce, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any proof of a correlation, but it's like, well, you gave way. Mm-hmm. Like it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to give way to when you, that's, Yeah. So yeah, that's, my, that's my suspicion. Yeah, I agree in as much that when her, their daughter came out a few years later, I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Why yeah. you evolved on sexuality? Oh, uh, totally. But again, I, would would we have said Hatmaker was orthodox? In years, the beginning, years. Beginning. Yeah, I just mean leading up to it, yeah. you start hearing and seeing, and she spoke at a Young Life conference that I went to probably, you know, eight years ago or something. Interesting. And started to lean into this, like, you know, are you being accepting? And it was kind of border. She wasn't saying it all the way, but she was kind of like, it's like, hmm, you're definitely trying to communicate something, you know, condemning something that you think is happening within your life. Which is so crazy to me because you hear people that are more orthodox that are just so black and white on mm-hmm. these issues that leave no room. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the other thing is like to not have clarity and give clarity on issues like this is to, I I mean, it's almost deceptive, Mm -hmm. you know, to just not give clarity on what God's word says on these things and then share that, especially from a platform. Yeah. I'm just, right. It's crazy. So, I mean, if I was interacting with someone who says I'm both, I would, I think it's like you have a 90 plus percent chance that that person, there's other areas where they, I would say, don't align mm-hmm. with a biblical worldview. Yeah. And so that would be more where I'm interested to try and pinpoint, oh, okay, you don't think Jesus dying on the cross for our sins was essential for our salvation. That is the issue I'm going to be focused on. Right. In my conversations with you, it's not about whether or not you identify as Yes. This. Because I don't, I think that's the thing. I don't expect someone who's not a Christian uh-huh. to understand or desire a Christian sexual ethic. I still think if you're not a Christian, you benefit from the Christian sexual ethic. Yeah. So whether you're Christian or not, if a man and woman get married and have children and they stay married, like that children's going to do, that child's going to do better. Yeah. Then, then parents who get divorced. We know that statistically. Yeah. You know, so God's way benefits all of society. Okay. You don't have to call it Christian. No, James Lindsay even Mm -hmm. talked about this on Ali's podcast. It was crazy how he is an atheist, Mm -hmm. but he has said, I don't know if he's got a book coming out with it, but there's a, it was such a good episode. It was quite mind blowing. Even Ali was like, I did not expect Mm -hmm. to talk about this. Yeah. But he agrees that like the, the, the cornerstone of Christianity being the cornerstone of society it leads to a better, more functioning society as a whole. So, because the statistics are out there Mm -hmm. about fatherlessness, all the, all these types of things. So it's like, you're right. It does benefit everyone to have this ethic, to have this idea. And so, yeah, I think that that's, he makes such a good point about 
someone who is LGBT and or a part of that community, whether or not they are a Christian, it is about, well, okay, what do you believe about the Bible? Mm-hmm. And what do you know? That's, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, if that person says, well, I don't believe the Bible was translated properly, so I can do X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, well then that would be the place where you have the conversation. Yeah. What's your do you believe? Yeah. You know, do you believe it was translated correctly when it said Jesus died on the cross and rose in three days? That part's right. Yeah. But this part, yeah. Very conveniently, the part that would impact my life in a significant way was not. Yeah. You know, and all <laughs> that's the thing, too. All of us would like our personal struggle to not be wrong. Right. Right. I mean, yes. these are this is like a big controversial one, but it's also hard for me to like not gossip or not complain and grumbling. Yeah. Right. It would be nice if yeah. just that was that's actually okay. Well, they didn't yeah. actually mean that. Yeah. They just meant you're not allowed to grumble against the emperor or whatever, you know? Right. So all of us and people will say, well, why would I believe the Bible? So the Bible allowed slavery and all this stuff. And I was like, yes, people in America use the Bible. What was it? Who was it that cut, cut it out? There was like a slaveholders Bible where oh. I think they cut out the stuff about freedom and they cut out the stuff oh, about submit to your, I feel whatever. like I've heard of that. I think it was like, you know, some Southern Slave version owners. of the Bible where um, they just cut out the stuff that would have made slaves be like, wait a second, God says it's for freedom. You've been set free. And you know, oh. if you can attain your freedom, do it, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so yes, people use the Bible to try and justify what they were doing culturally. That was wrong. Yeah. That's slavery. And now people are using the Bible to justify culturally what the Bible says is wrong. And that's Mm -hmm. the sexuality stuff. Mm -hmm. So when people make that, want to do that comparison, I was like, that's a good comparison. But this problem is your side is the one doing that. Hey, culture says it's great. So I'm going to make sure the Bible says it's great. And then I'm going to feel better about it. So I can kind of balance both. And I'm going to be a Christian and feel good about it. The culture won't have a problem with me though. And it's like, if the culture doesn't have a problem with you as a Christian though, you're probably well it's kind of hard it's like then what kind of christian are you yeah exactly that's our bit yeah so you do on do better underscore theology do humility month which i loved last year and honestly even last year i was like i wish i had known about this before because i'd only done it like two i mean that was the second year i think so this is the third one yeah but i just love it i love your commitment to the whole month and I love the idea of like whatever it is that people are saying, like take back the rainbow mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. idea. I mean, sure. it's just, uh, it's really great. So I, I definitely encourage everyone to go um, follow Jen on that account and share all month because we know that there is going to be an obscene amount of rainbow stuff mm-hmm. just flooding with every flooding all of our social media commercials kids shows Mm -hmm. i mean i'm honestly part i I have disney plus Mm -hmm. and whether or not anyone listening wants to judge me it's fine but (laughs) i i really am curious to be like what is that gonna look like this month Mm -hmm. what is are all these streaming platforms gonna look like for this month. So it's you know, going to be so interesting. It's so fascinating yeah. because there's even people who I really appreciate within the LGBT community 
who really condemn the pandering that happens in June. Yeah. They're, so it's like Apple yeah. does business in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's illegal <laughs> to be gay there. Yeah. Like there's Middle Eastern countries where they're throwing gay people off buildings. Yeah. So Google will turn its logo to a rainbow in June. And Google's all about gay rights mm-hmm. for one month in June or whatever <laughs> in America. Yeah. They don't care at all about the rights of people in other countries. It doesn't stop Google doing business in China. No. Right. So there's a lot of people within the LGBT community who are like, they, they see this hypocrisy and yeah. they, they're condemning it as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I call it pander month in the sense of the companies that they don't care. Yeah. They're doing, and, and it'll be interesting to see post DeSantis, Disney, um, so. if there is as much of that, because I think the tide is starting to change a little bit with some of this really overt support from companies. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're talking about at least 50% of the country in terms of politics. Yeah. At least one way or the other. Yeah. So you're a company that's selling soap. Why are you making a big statement about which side of the politi- political <laughs> spectrum you're yeah. on? It's like, you don't want 50% of the population to buy your soap. I don't understand. You know, there's, yeah. I think there's maybe some more of that. Well, because but- if you're not... If you're not pro-LGBT, then you're clearly anti mm-hmm. in the same way that if you're not, you can't just be racist. You have to be, or against yeah, racism, right, right, right. you have to be proactively anti-racist. Right. Like we've, we've moved the goalposts yeah. in all, or not we, yeah. conservatives certainly have not, but the left has continued to move the goalposts to right. say, here's what it looks like for you to be accepted. Yeah. And thankfully... Christianity, we have Christ. I just like I'm. Conti- I am continually so thankful that that the blood of Jesus is sufficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because if we had to work, I mean, that's the I mean, the religion of sort of the left and the progressivism, right? Is like constant repentance. You're not even sure if you did what you did wrong. Yeah, and groveling and trying to get back on good graces. And it's like the more left they go, the people like more toward the center are getting continually cut off and canceled. Yeah. What's interesting there is like, this is the world you brought about professors, you know, Mm. all these professors that are getting their tenure threatened and different things. It's like, but yeah, 10 years ago you were pushing for this. So it's the chickens have come home to roost. Right. (laughs) Anyway, back to humility month. Yes. I started that because I think like many Christians, you, it's like you start, we started to feel even kind of scared in June. There was like, I've had friends who work for different software companies or whatever, we're like, if I'm asked to work on this app or this whatever, I feel like I can't say yes. My pers- personal personal conscience. Christian, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if I say no, I could be losing my job. So there was just a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of like at our company, we're going to pride a pride parade as a company. So if I'm the one person who says I'm not doing that, clearly, it, you know, am I gonna be in trouble? Yeah. And so I think a big part of it was compassion for those who are, you know, in the secular world. Christians who are living and working and I've worked in Christian organizations or a conservative organization. So I haven't had those fears. So part of it was to like, our weapon is, is our, is prayer. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I felt frustrated. You know, you see all this rainbow stuff. I'm frustrated in in the sense of, I hate that people like me, if I was a teenager and if I had been indoctrinated with all this, where would I be? But I didn't have, I had solid people around me. So I feel frustrated for those who are being indoctrinated into it and just like swarmed with it. People who work, you know, in secular world. And so I want, and then also a heart and I care for those in my life who I know, 
who identify as within the LGBT yeah. community. So I kind of combined those things and wanted it to be a place of, inc- well, then let's spend this month. And even if you just uh, to take it into a very spiritual uh, dimension, yeah. if we believe we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Mm. So my enemy is not a person who waves the rainbow, rainbow flag yeah. and is walking in Seattle. My enemy is what's underneath. It's the level, it's the spiritual level mm-hmm. of there's an enemy of God and who hates humanity, mm-hmm. who hates God's people. And I think who wants people within this community to go this way and kill themselves and, and everything. Yeah. You know? and so absolutely. we talk about suicidality Still within that community. Yeah. yeah. Suicidality is huge. Anxiety is huge. Mm-hmm. Depression is huge. They will say it's because they don't have acceptance. Right. But it's like, okay, but you don't have acceptance in San Francisco, in mm-hmm. Seattle, in Norway, in whatever, you know, yeah. there's like, they rate this, like acceptance is extremely high and the suicide rate is extremely high. Yeah. yeah. So from the spiritual world yeah. perspective, we have an enemy and it's not the humans, Yeah, but it's the, 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 our enemy Satan. It's the evil one who hates God and wants to yeah, steal, kill and destroy. So if we think about that and mm-hmm. I see the rainbow flag and it draws me to pray for, yeah, God protect these people, draw people to you. Give me humility, give me repentance for the sin in my life that I don't want to let go. You yeah. know, have it be focused both internally and convicting and externally. It just helped me have a much different posture for the entire month versus yeah. feeling frustrated and uh, mm-hmm. they're so they're yeah, just so shoving all this me. down our throats, yeah. all this propaganda, all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's a really good reminder to pray and to I think you give because you give scripture, mm-hmm. you give great ammunition in that way to like prepare our hearts for those things and yeah it's it's really really cool so I'm I'm definitely encouraged by it and because again I'm sure there will be so much on everybody's feed Mm -hmm. so to follow your account and to see that and to just be like okay like there is this encouragement and I I follow I follow obviously a lot more conservative Christian people on my account Right. But I, I know that even just ads mm-hmm. are probably going to be insane. There's sure. going to be yeah. a lot that. Yeah, it'll be a lot. And people. But yeah, I'm so I'm so thankful that you do that. I think it's great. I think you bring up a lot of great um, conversation points. Your posts are great. You do share and are very informative. So I really enjoy, have enjoyed um that account as a as a follower so awesome thank you um okay so to kind of blend these two things together i think that um because how long have you been working for them before us do you say just yeah i think i started volunteering even in 2018 2017 i might have been doing some things okay like i was like do we have a facebook group or a facebook page and i I helped start the facebook page as a volunteer that's so so then more officially since 2020, okay. yeah, late 2020. Yeah. So, and that's interesting because I, I didn't know that. I just guess I knew about you being associated with them, with them before us, mm-hmm. uh, when you started working for them. Mm-hmm. So that's super, yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. And Katie lives, is this Seattle Yeah, based? she's local. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. So that's- I didn't know that either, actually. I, I think, so she used to blog for a blog called Ask the Bigot. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. So it was crazy because I had, and she's using that term tongue in cheek because she's just saying, look, when Obama evolved on marriage, then all of a sudden everyone else who had agreed with him on marriage, (laughs) marriage is between a man and a woman, Barack Obama, you know, right before he got elected kind of thing. 
everyone who agreed with him is all of a sudden now you're a bigot and a homophobe. She's like, wait, what? Like, no, I, yeah. I just think a child needs their mom and dad. Yeah. So she started blogging anonymously, got doxxed by some European, you know, activist and, um, and decided to start then writing and, and blogging and things under her own name. But I'd heard of the blog and then I don't remember how I realized she was local and we had a mutual friend on Facebook. So I connected with her, shared more of my story. Yeah. And so she was just kind of pastoral and mentoring in that way. And then when she wanted to start the organization, recruited me to do some more of the social media and kind of the millennial kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she and Stacy were writing the book. So, yeah. and, and it was crazy because she was like speaking in Australia she was, she traveled to Taiwan. She, we've always talked about how the influence has, has far surpassed like kind of our foundational structural things. And yeah. so then when I got hired uh, more formally, a lot of my job is trying to get the structural stuff. And and that's why I'm so thankful to for my experience within Young Life and uh, amazing training and different things that I was offered through that organization because nonprofit management, I mean, kind of translated totally to another nonprofit. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool how God does that, Mm -hmm. like prepares us in one season and we learn new skills and things that can be beneficial. And then it translates into this next thing that he has for us. I mean, it's, it sounds really like doy, like so yeah, right, but right. but when it happens you don't ever think that you're learning how to do nonprofit stuff mm-hmm. you just think this is what i'm doing because i work for a nonprofit. Right. never do you think i'm going to take this to another nonprofit and help them create structure mm-hmm. for this new yeah, thing that's right. going to go global yeah it's cool you just don't you ever, only you really yeah. can't it's like the israelites right you can only see so much of what god's doing in hindsight yes and i think that's probably the reason he was like you're going to stack some rocks here you're going <laughs> to build this temple here an yeah. altar here because they needed to walk around and be like oh yeah i remember what god did for us yeah you know so yeah. we have those markers in different ways maybe no. yeah no i think it's great i yeah. love it um so then before us, we'll leave a link for the book. Where can we get the book? You can get it on Amazon. You can get it from the publisher, Post Hill Press. Okay. So we'll get, I I mean, we talked about it a little bit, and I'm sure that there's so much. <laughs> I mean, so much we could talk about. You can search um, for them before us. Katie's done other podcasts. Chapters. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're on Instagram them underscore before underscore us i mean if you use the hash actually the best way to find us is use the hashtag them before us okay you can find us on twitter that way instagram facebook um yeah so the biggest difference about them before us in terms of being a an organization that talks about marriage and family and same-sex parenting and surrogacy the biggest difference is that we are talking about these things from the perspective of the rights of the child yes so we would say a child exists. That means the child has a mother and a father. This is actually disputed at this point. I mean, we're talking to people on Twitter who say, I don't have a father because they were adopted by two moms kind of thing. We're talking about, this How- is a biological, <laughs> right? But I mean, at some wow. level as a kid, they're being gaslit to like, you're from a sperm donor. You don't have a father. All you need is me and just be thankful your life. Kind of. I mean, that's the kind of language that's being used at kids who are expressing struggling with how they they came to be having a father or or a mother if they have two dads and like katie has pointed out that um especially before the the gay marriage decision at the supreme court level 
a lot of kids were brought out saying, I have two moms. I'm great. I have two dads. I'm awesome. Look at all my success, yeah. you know, yeah. all stuff. Okay. Of course that's possible. Yeah. But, but yes. yeah, of course. nobody would be dumb enough to be like, it's impossible right. to be a functioning human in right. society. Right. 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 Dads. Right. Like, so, but the difference is, okay. So where are the kids that say it wasn't great for them? And then you look at you all, never hear about those. you look at all the social science data. So how can it be possible that fatherlessness is one of the huge factors in incarceration? But then when you have two moms, it's actually perfectly great and you have no issues at all. So it's just like, does fatherlessness impact a kid or not? Huh. Decades of social science data. Yeah. But all of a sudden, again, you're, we're bigots now, right? Anyone yes. who disagrees is a bigot. So all the studies have to show this or that. So wow. we just, the connection wow. between the data, what we already know from decades, what we can study and the stories of the kids themselves. That's what's yeah. making the, and the book has so many, it has data, it has studies, it has citations. Oh but, yeah, graphs. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it has stories. So I was conceived, I was conceived an egg donor male. I found out when I was 16. Now I'm in my mid twenties. Years later, I still wonder and ponder who is my real mother? Where is she? Is she even alive? My current mother while growing up, never accepted me while growing up or even cared to grow a bond with me. It makes sense now. I mean, that's one story and we have hundreds of those clips in this book, you know? So that's the huge difference. And it really is resonating with people. Like you said, we haven't really thought it through. And so Katie and Stacy are kind of putting it all into one one book for us to be able to think through these concepts and have questions. And we have a study guide if people want to do a book study with, and again, this is not religious. This is not from a Christian perspective. We are Christians who are involved in the organization, right? But you would be able to take this to someone who's not a Christian and say, Hey, read this and tell me what you think, because it's not from a faith perspective. And in fact, most of the faith perspectives, the big five agree with these concepts of a child has a mom and a dad. It's it's just not groundbreaking. I feel like Nancy Piercy does that a little bit too. She is a Christian, Uh but she does not, her books are not necessarily deeply saturated with the gospel. It's science. Like love thy body. Yeah. Love thy body was huge for me in terms of like the do better theology, like my do better theology and stuff. A lot of my most recent posts are are her quotes. Posts are her quotes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is we don't need, I mean, obviously from Christians, we want to come at things from a Christian worldview. That's why Mm -hmm. part of my podcast is about, but there is actual science and statistics. You don't need, this is almost heretical, but it's not. You'd almost don't need the gospel perspective to show plainly what is happening to the world. Right. So. Well, isn't um, that the Romans one thing? It's like God has revealed himself men are without an excuse and katie will say christians should know the bible backwards and forwards when it comes to family and parenting and marriage and sexuality and all this stuff and then you need to be able to articulate and argue it without using the bible so if you're talking to that's the thing if i was talking to a mormon or a muslim and they continually are are leading on the authority of the quran or the book of mormon i don't care that doesn't mean anything to me yeah so to to people who don't care about the bible as an authoritative source yeah. christians should you can use the bible 100 percent sure to make an argument with a christian but if someone who doesn't accept the bible is true yeah and you can make the entire argument from god's truth in the world mm-hmm. then do that yeah throw some gospel presentation in there and have them become a christian yes 100 yes but i just mean you can talk about men are important to kids you don't need to use the bible but yeah with christians like we talked about yeah. katie with ali b stuckey yeah then when you add 
the you overlay the Christian ethic yes. on top of it. You're like, see, look, this is double yes. the reason God set it up this way. Absolutely. You just, I think it makes Christians impassioned to be like, oh, we're going to take this, intersect these things or combine them and make sure we have this holistic view. Yeah. And then we can present that to, to others. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, I really want to get the book. I'm so fascinated by this. It's something that I think you and I talked about earlier. I'm, I am just li- literally within the last four months. I mean, I'll go six mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. for, but I just like, have never thought about some of these concepts mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the overarching thing is because we can, should we, yes, God has right. allowed for it, but taking all these other things into consideration, should we? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I am so thankful to have had you on. I hope you will this come back awesome. and we Thanks can so talk, much. yeah, talk more about them before us. It's so good. So thank you again so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. As always, I am so blessed to have people in my life to talk about these issues um, with truth and grace, like I think uh, Jen does in this episode. So if you are curious to know more about third-party reproduction, the episode of Relatable with Katie Faust is in the show notes, as well as two other Relatable episodes that, to be honest, I am still processing. I referenced them in the episode, and so I left them for you. I think they're episodes um, 552 and 554. I I don't really have one. It's a lot. It's really heavy. It took me a while. I've listened to them each twice now and like I said still processing them because it's just it's just a lot this is truly something I never thought about before but so thankful to have Jen on the show to talk about this get our brains working and thinking about all of this stuff and continue to ask the question about just because God has allowed it because we can should we so you can follow Jen at do better underscore theology for encouraging and engaging content for this month ahead. Um, definitely encourage you to follow her, share her content, tag her, reach out to her with questions. She loves engaging. You can also do that at um, them before us um, on Instagram. So thank you guys so much for listening to this conversation. Email us with questions. Um, Taylor asks at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple and Spotify and give this episode a five-star rating. And if you really want to be extra generous, leave a positive review for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Share this show with a friend. And until next time, friends.